All right, welcome to part two of episode 70. If you're just joining us now, we have split this episode into two, hopefully more digestible parts. Uh, so if you're just joining us, head over to our feed and check out part one, which includes our PLL and MLL discussion with Dan Arestia. Definitely don't want to miss that. Um, and if you have already listened to it, then stick around for me and Adam's breakdown of this NLL weekend. Um, before we get into the details, Adam, what were some of your takeaways from this weekend? You know, we saw, we'll talk in a few minutes about this wing squad um, that was in first place going into the weekend, right? And um, after this weekend, they find themselves in third place uh, in that East division. So um, it just shows you the parity uh, that's in this league and, and how close it's going to be for some of these teams to make the playoffs. And, you know, when we talked last week, uh, I fully expect that wing squad to make the playoffs. But, you know, at, at this point, they're, they're in the that wild card picture at the moment so in this west division man after the seals this weekend they're only one game under 500 and um two games out of first place in that division so um it's going to be a wild ride this last third of the season yeah so you know let's talk about the wings a little bit uh you mentioned them you know they they were really you know putting together a pretty good win streak till they ran into the rush last week um, you know, hit a little bit of a, a road bump playing, the, you know, the top Saskatchewan team. Uh, and then they faced another West team in the Mammoth. And, and uh, you know, this game uh, was very competitive from start to finish. It was back and forth and ended up being tied 4-4 at half. You know, both goaltenders played really, really well. You know, and we've come to, to kind of deem both Dylan Ward and Zach Higgins, you know, the top top five, I would say, probably in the NLL. You know, some could probably put them top three right now. Um, Dylan Ward, in my mind, is still number one and uh, you know, right, right up there with, you know, Christian Del Bianco and, um, you know, Zach Higgins, I think is in, in the same class as those guys. Um, so this was, you know, kind of a, a goaltender duel for a large majority of the game. Um, and you know, then Tyler Digby, who was just traded to the mammoth in his first game with Colorado, uh, made it five, five earlier in the third. And that kind of kickstarted a six goal run by the mammoth. Um, so then, you know, they kind of peppered Higgins a little bit, um, in this third quarter and continued into the fourth. And, the Mammoth had a big lead, eleven to six. You know, with seven with seven minutes left in the game, um, that was a goal from Ryan Lee. So they looked like they were in command. Um, again, I talked about how last week I thought they were going to kind of come out. Um, you know, kind of with their backs against the wall, kind of in this West. They they needed a big win and they were looking to get it, but um, they didn't make the end of the game that easy for themselves because they let the Wings come back. The Wings string together a few uh, late goals in. This game, I tell you, was the longest it could have probably possibly been at the end. You had, you know, goals that were called off. Uh, you had, you know, the empty netter for the Mammoth that seemed to seal it that was called off. And it's kept seeing like we were a restart after restart after restart. Um, but the Mammoth do hold on. They win 11-10. to 10, um, And the Wings fall. Uh, like you mentioned now, to third in the East. They're still in a, a great shape. They are sitting behind New England and Georgia, who both played two less games than them. So they're only a game back at a first. Um, still in good shape, but uh, you know this was one that they, they probably wish they could have had. Um, you know, Again, you, you let a team go on a six-goal run, though. It's hard to recover from that. They just didn't look like themselves in the third quarter. Yeah, you know, and and that's not necessarily something we've seen from this Wings team um, in in past uh, games, you know, coming out a little slow in, in the second half. So uh, I think this was kind of an anomaly, um, and, and you, they showed that fight in the fourth quarter to, to string those uh, couple goals 
um, just coming up short, but um, valiant effort at the end there. And I, I think uh, this is a game they probably would have lost by five or six last year. And you, you've seen kind of the culmination and development of this squad um, going forward. But great game overall. And, you know, big one for you, you mentioned Digby. Uh, to come out in his first game for this squad and, and be be a consistent um, and, and be uh, a, a threat this quickly with, with six points on the night. So big for, for this Colorado team who sits in second now in their division. Yeah, no, and he, uh, he kind of, I wouldn't say he got going a little late, but, you know, it wasn't like he came out firing right away. It was kind of just he found his groove kind of midway through the game and you know, kind of helped them go on this little run of theirs and kind of give them the lead. So, you know, we're already seeing the impact that, you know, trades before the deadline can be. And we are approaching the trade deadline. It's funny. You you got March 16th is the entry draft for the PLL, and then March 17th is going to be the trade deadline for the NLL. So um, a lot of big things happening in this next coming week in terms of professional lacrosse as a whole. But, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more NLL deals being made this weekend and going into next week before that deadline, um, just going off of seeing, you know, how a guy like Tyler Digby, how much of an impact he can make, um, you know, that you could argue that he's kind of turned this Colorado season around in just one game. You know, they were sitting uh, at the lower end of the West and now they're in second place. And, uh, you know, if he continues to make an impact in the games, um, you know, they could be a, a, a scary good playoff team, you know, especially, you know, in a league where, that you know, especially in a league that kind of runs off the goaltenders, and you have the best in Dylan Ward. Um, so once he gets hot, you know this team could be dangerous if they put together the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then going off of that, we had another West matchup. We're kind of keeping it West focused this week after you know taking a, a high level approach last week. Um, you have the Seals at the Roughnecks. The controversy in Calgary, as I'll call it, because this one ended. In a lot of controversy, we'll get to that to a little bit later, but let's hit some positives from Calgary to start. Dane Doby has not missed a beat since coming back. Uh, he had his second straight sock trick in this one. He ended up finishing with seven goals, um, and the six came from the first half alone. So he has not, like I said, missed a beat. Um, but the Seals offense actually surprised me, you know, too. They they looked really good. You can tell just how much they missed uh, having Austin Stotts and Casey Jackson in the beginning of the year. Um, you know, the, those guys have instant chemistry with the likes of, you know, Buchanan and Noble. Um, and they've even looked pretty good with new additions like veteran Zach Greer and Wes Berg, too. So um, I think the Seals can also be dangerous. I know we kind of talk about it, the flavor of the week with these teams. It just, I, I don't see the Seals making a splash in some of these games and not continue this momentum. To me, they're a very momentum-heavy team, and I think they're just gathering steam right now. Um and I like to see them move up. I, I think they get in with the wild card right now. I, I really do. Really? Um, I do, yes. I You know, again, they, they we'll talk about this game a little bit more. They sneak over Calgary, which has looked good. But I think, I don't know, I think Calgary's reeling right now. Um, you know, and, you know, the Mammoth, too, I, I think look good. I'm not completely sold on them. Um, you know, even though I was just singing their praises a few minutes ago, I, I still think they do have some holes on offense. So, you know, if I had to pick two teams from the West that I think will make it, I'd pick the Rush and the Seals right now. I, I definitely could see that happening with with, with how uh, the the season has gone thus far. You know, it's 
it's interesting. I, I hadn't done a, a, a deep enough dive at this point um, when it comes to looking at the final couple weeks of the season here uh, to determine who's playing who because it's going to be a, a big battle coming down the stretch. You know, if you think about it, we really only have three squads really that are out of the playoff picture at this point. And one of those squads may, may have something to say uh, in Vancouver, you know, who's four and eight currently. Um, but I, I, I don't see Rochester or New York, unfortunately, we've talked in previous weeks, uh, making any jumps going forward. But uh, there, there's about 10 teams vying for, for those uh, eight playoff spots at this point. So someone's going to miss out. Um, and it'll be interesting to see uh, kind of going forward who that's going to be. Yeah, and you're, you're right. The San Diego Seals, like anybody else, have a tough schedule. I mean, the, really the only gimme game they have left would be, you know, the coming week against the Rochester Nighthawks. Um, but, you know, they do. They have a tough game against the Warriors, the Black Wolves. Uh, they go and have to take on the Wings in Philadelphia. Um, they have a tough road st- stretch ahead. Um, and then Georgia will visit them uh, before they go to Saskatchewan and then finish with another matchup between the Roughnecks. So I, I see that last matchup with the Roughnecks kind of really determining things, but I don't know. I just really like how they've been playing. I think Coach Merrill's kind of gotten them um, to kind of click now, you know, now that they have all the pieces together. I think that's kind of what they were missing before. Um, so I, I don't know. They just, they're playing with this this personality that I think was lacking at the beginning of the year. I know that's not really anything to tie down. That's not a stat or anything, but you can just tell, again, the chemistry between the guys like, you know, Austin Stotts, who looks like he's having so much fun out there on the floor. And that's something, there's something to be said about that. Um, and they kind of, you know, we know the Roughnecks are a physical team and they kind of match their physicality through and through in this game. Um, you know, and I think that their biggest question mark right now is who they go with in cage. Um, you had Nick Demood got pulled in this one. Frank Sigliano uh, came in and he stood on his head. He was a big reason why they won. He only allowed four goals once he came in. So, I, I don't know, you know, if he can kind of put it together like he did in this game, I think they, they'll be scary. I really do. I think they have the offense to kind of uh, to, to back it up um, and kind of make a run. Uh, and then on the other side, the Roughnecks, you know, they're not they're not a bad team either. Again, they they had another brutal loss, um, and we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about how this one ended. So uh, Doby gets his seventh of the night off a rebound on the power play to tie it twelve twelve. A really bad. Uh, goal to give up if you're the Seals. And then Casey Jackson quickly responded to reclaim the lead 13-12, to and then after that, you know, it was pretty much a stalemate um, until the final 27 seconds left. Roughnecks have the ball, they have a chance to win, and Tyler Pace scores the game-tying goal with 27 seconds left uh, as Sigliano is falling back, and the net is moved. So they go back and look at it, and they wave off the goal because... Although Tyler Pace did score on the net, the rule says that you have to determine where the ball would have been had the net been on in place still. So they're able to tell that because there's markers and they looked and the ball would have been outside of the goalpost. So the ruling on the floor was correct. It should have been no goal. It was waved off. But as Dane Toby and Curtis Dixon were arguing, what if the goal was completely turned to the side? And someone shoots on that. You know, Tyler Pace was not shooting where the goal originally was. He was shooting where the goal was. So I can kind of get their frustrations. Did the refs get the call right? Yes, they did. They they called it correctly as how it is in the rule book. But I definitely think the 
the league needs to take another look at this. Um, two things kind of stand out to me with this is, you know, two greater issues. One, you have the issue of the goalie intentionally moving the net. Um, now, was Sigliano intentionally moving the net? I don't know. He kind of fell back into it. It's kind of tough to say. Watching it, from an unbiased perspective, I think it was accidental. The problem is he still moved the net, and so that that's that's an issue. Uh, so I think they need to make these nets kind of easier to stay. I know a reason they they allow them to be dislodged is so you know player safety. If somebody runs into it, they don't want injuries to occur. But it's kind of ridiculous that they can be moved so easily. You know, I don't think in hockey you can move them that easily. So I don't know. That's something that needs to be addressed. Um, and even worse, the seals got the ball after the restart because technically, it's like a dead ball situation. So the seals regain possession. So the really bad, bad turn of events for Calgary, who, you know, is in desperate need of a win, but the misfortunes would not end there as they actually got the ball back uh, with around 15 seconds left. Um, Curtis Dixon had a chance in front of the net to score and he got cross-checked in the face by Brody Merrill and there was no call. And so he, he was also just livid. Yes, it was, it was unreal. Um, I don't know how they missed that call. The, the ref was right there. Uh, you know, again, they got the call right on Tyler Pace, no goal. This, though, I think is unexcusable. Um, the fact that they did not call a cross check on this. Uh, I think Calgary fans have every right to, to be mad at the officiating in this one. Uh, I don't know how you just don't make that call. I get it. Time's running down. It's a big call to make in a such a tightly contested game that, you know, they allowed to be physical. But the guy gets cross checked in the head. You gotta, you gotta blow the whistle. And there's no guarantee Calgary would have won either. They only had five seconds probably left on the clock to run a power play. But you have to make that call. Um, so yeah, I can see some frustrations boiling over from Calgary in this one. Um, so not only is Calgary uh, now four and five, sitting second to last in the West, this win would have actually moved them ahead of Colorado. Even um, you know they would have been five and four ahead of San Diego, who they would have beaten. Uh, and then ahead of Colorado, who's sitting at 500. So they would have been second place with a playoff spot had they won this game. And now they're sitting at you know second to last in a crucial West Division matchup, essentially a two-game swing, losing to a West rival. And, um, yeah, I, I can't see Calgary fans being too happy uh, with how this one turned out. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, a good, good thing for Calgary fans, uh, this roughneck squad, as we've seen in previous seasons, plays its best ball at the latter parts of the season. And at this point, it's kind of in their hands, uh, their destiny, with with uh, San Diego having played uh, two more games than them and Colorado having played three. So if they win, they're going to move up those standings uh, week by week. Uh, it just depends on if they can get those Ws. Absolutely. It feels like every game they play this season is a dog fight. So uh, we're looking forward to watching them continue to fight. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't count them out. Uh, just yet, but this was definitely a brutal loss uh, for them this week. And then some other notable results from around the league. You know, you had the Riptide and Thunderbirds uh, were two of three teams that had back-to-backs this week. Um, they both end up losing both those games. Riptide sitting at the bottom of the standings after losing to the fellow expansion franchise Rochester. And the Thunderbirds are still in good shape, um, but their loss to Buffalo and New England caused them to fall to third in the North too uh, at 7-4. and four. Again, a really good record still, but uh, they sit behind Toronto and Buffalo, who each get big wins and move to 7-3 and three to tie for first in that North Division. 
Yeah, and the other team uh, that had two games this weekend was the Black Wolves, and, and they jumped ahead in the East with that Callum Crawford performance, and, and he takes over uh, as the leader in goals and points uh, in the league, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah, and then Georgia also got a big win to move to second in the East, ahead of the Wings, uh, you know, despite them also include despite them also along with the Black Wolves playing two less games than Philadelphia hitting at home you know the parody in this league overall the fact that two division leaders in Halifax and Philly uh, at the beginning of the week fell to third place in their respective divisions in the span of one week is just a testament to the parody of this league and one thing I, I did want to mention I we didn't talk about uh, the Nighthawks big victory uh, over the Riptide too much when it comes to playoff implications but it will uh have massive implications uh, for those franchises' trajectories potentially going forward when it comes to the draft. Um, it looks like uh, Jeff T. out of Cornell is all but a lock as that number one team, uh, as the number one player to go in next year's draft. And um, it, it was kind of the, the tank for Teat Bowl uh, this past weekend in that Riptide Nighthawks game. And looks like the Riptide uh, will be getting potentially that first pick uh, as of today. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Uh, I like that tank for Teat. Uh, it will definitely be something we will be watching. Uh, again, that's something to kind of keep an eye on this Riptide and Nighthawks team, despite them not being able to make the playoffs at this point. Uh, they still are going to be a point of discussion based on where they'll fall in that draft order. But with that, that wraps up our game recaps from this weekend in the NLL. Now let's dive into our Fantasy Lacrosse Pick'em Challenge. Uh, Let's talk about some of these top performers from this week. Uh, Goalie, you had Matt Vince with 12.25 points. And he was followed by Doug Jamison, who had 11 points and 10.75 points in both his respective games. At forward, you had Dane Doby, who led with 11 points, while Randy Stotts had 10.75 points, and Doug Lomas had 9.75 points in his game versus Rochester. At defense and transition, uh, Steve Priolo had 7.5 points and was followed by Brad Cree, Kyle Rubish, and Jake Withers, who each had 6.75 points. All right, so those are your top performers from this week in fantasy. Now let's kind of recap our epic lacrosse fantasy locks. Uh, Very ironic, so we both took two players that had two games this weekend. Uh, You picked Calum Crawford, I picked Ryan Banesh. Calum Crawford had quite the weekend. He had nine points versus Halifax and nine points versus the Riptide. So it's ironic that he had nine points in either game, so you could have taken them in either of those games, or both, uh, and would have gotten nine points out of them in each. Um, and then Ryan Banesh with me did not have as great a weekend as I am used to seeing. He had 4.75 points, though, in both New England's, in both their matchup against New England and their matchup against Buffalo. So we both picked two players um, that had the same exact total in both of their games this weekend. I thought that was a really rare coincidence. Um, but I really wish I would have been uh, on your side of things picking Callum Crawford compared to Ryan Banesh. No offense to Ryan Banesh, but um, unfortunately he did not get me as much as I expected. So with that, though, let's discuss Week 15. Who is your epic lacrosse fantasy lock? You know, after seeing his two games back, I, I don't think I can go with anybody on the offensive side of the ball other than the captain, Dane Doby. He looks like he's on a mission out there. Uh and to make up for lost time, I got to take Dane. All right, I'm going to take Toronto Rock Rob Hellier. I'm going to take Toronto Rock's Rob Hellier. Uh, he only had 5.75 points this weekend. 
Uh, usually he's been averaging around like the six to eight mark. He's my epic lacrosse fantasy lock as they take on the Calgary Roughnecks this weekend. Lock it down. So those are our epic lacrosse fantasy locks. Let us know your lock by tweeting us your pick using the hashtag epic lacrosse fantasy lock. Uh, make sure you guys sign up and fill out your fantasy roster. Uh, you know, we've been sending out those epic lacrosse heads. A lot of great prizes. Uh, you got a lot of good feedback from it too. Um, you know, we're I think we're right now the only lacrosse media giving away lacrosse heads each week. So definitely jump on the train. Give yourself a shot. You know, even if you haven't played at all this season, it only takes one week to win. So definitely sign up and uh, try it out. With that, we'll take a quick break. Hear a word from our sponsor again, and then we'll go into our pick and roll. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Stitcher Premium. You can use Stitcher Premium to listen to shows ad-free such as Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, Wolverine the Lost Trail, or our favorite, The Fantasy Footballers. For only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, and comedy albums. Better yet, if you go over to stitcher.com premium and use the promo code lacrosse today, you can get one month free. So head on over to Stitcher, sign up, and get your free trial today. All right, so welcome back. Now it's time to go into the pick and roll. Adam, you gained a little bit of ground. You went four and four to remain at five hundred uh, this weekend, and you're thirty six and twenty eight right now. I went three and five, uh, so I'm now forty and twenty four. We both were robbed of the Calgary Roughnecks win, Agreed. in my opinion, but uh, still pretty tightly contested race, and we're still both above five hundred. So that means we at least know. Something what we're talking about. Yeah. Blind, blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, right? True, true. So I'm hoping I can just maintain this lead because right now it's looking like uh, last season where I had the lead the entire time and then you had that one big week uh, that, that put you over the edge. So we'll see. Um, but with that, let's dive into these game picks for this weekend. All right. The first game of the weekend is the Black Wolves at Philadelphia. Uh, rivalry weekend. This is the third matchup between these teams this year. Adam, who do you like in this one? Yeah, you know, the series is tied 1-1 right now. I think I talked a few weeks back that Philly had to get that win when in New England uh, to even this series up uh, to potentially stay in that East Division race. Uh, I think Philly takes this one. They ha- get a great home crowd. Uh, it's going to be a super competitive one, and Philly really can't uh, handle another loss to a division rival uh, to potentially uh, fall one game closer to 500. So I take the wings in this one just to make that East a little bit more competitive. All right, I'm going to go Black Wolves. Uh, again, you know, it's pretty obvious Callum Crawford's on another level right now. Has been all season. I think they're, uh, you know, going to kind of cement themselves at the top of this East division uh, and I think they're going to hand the Wings uh, another brutal loss. And then following that, we have the Swarm taking on the Riptide. Adam, who do you like in this one? This is an interesting one. You know, I think 
the riptide, it's going to be potentially a little bit closer than one would think, but I'm going to take the swarm in this one uh, over the riptide. I Until uh, I see another victory from their riptide squad, I don't think uh, I'm going to be able to pick them. All right, I'm going to go with uh, the, the biggest person that's going to have the biggest role in this one is going to be uh, Jeff Teat, Tank for Teat. Uh, I think the swarm, you know, definitely need this win. Uh, they they got to take these easy wins when they, they get them. Um, not that I think the game's going to be uh, too lopsided, but I do think the Swarm will come out victorious. I think even though they beat them the last matchup, I think this is the, being the third matchup against the Riptide. That first one losing to them in that heartbreaking fashion, you know, the Riptide's only win of the season is still a bitter taste in their mouth, so I'm going, I'm going Swarm in this one. And then following that, in a West Division matchup, we have the Vancouver Warriors traveling to Saskatchewan to take on the Rush. Adam, who do you like in this one? I'm going to take the Rush in this one. You know, I think this Rush squad has been one of the most consistent teams in the league, uh, and and many w- would think they are at the top of, if you had to pick a team uh, right now uh, to be at the top of the league, it's them. So I'm going to have to take uh, the Rush in this one. Uh, I don't think this is the bounce back week for Vancouver. All right, I really want to pick Vancouver, but they really burned me last week. Um, and again, you know, this this Saskatchewan team with Ben McIntosh, Robert Church, and Mark Matthews. I, you're right; they're they're coming into their their form this season. They kind of you know started off, you know, they they had that victory against Colorado, but they really didn't look like the rush that we knew and love knew and loved from previous years. Um, right now, though, they're looking like you know the rush dynasty that we had come to see in past seasons, so um, yeah, I'm going rush against the Warriors as well. And then following that, we have the Nighthawks traveling to San Diego to take on the Seals. Adam, who do you like in this one? You know, I know it might sound crazy, but I think the Rochester Nighthawks are going to get their first winning streak of the season. I know the Seals are playing well and they have to travel to San Diego, uh, but I kind of see the Nighthawks pulling this set one out for some reason, uh, and I do need to catch up in those standings a little bit. All right, well, you're assuming that I would take the Seals. Also which, uh, true. It's right to assume, based on my <laughs> comments from uh, earlier in this podcast. Uh, yeah, I, I think the Seals, uh, again, are the real deal, real Seals. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking for them to get a big victory against right, Rochester and then continue this momentum into a, a playoff push. And then on Sunday, we have another slate of games. Uh, we have the Bandits traveling to Halifax to take on the Thunderbirds, a rematch from last week. Adam, who do you like in this one? Yeah, I think the Thunderbirds uh, are, are not too pleased to be in that third spot in the division currently, and I think uh, they're going to have come out with something to prove. I'm taking Halifax. They have arguably uh, the best fan base, albeit the youngest fan base uh, in the league at this point, and I think that crowd's going to will them to victory, and I think uh, Warren Hill is going to have a big game in cage. All right, I agree. I think if you look at the Thunderbirds' last three games as three quarters... We all know that sometimes they don't get off to the, the best starts and they kind of have letdowns, but they always come back in the fourth quarter. So I think they're going to come back in this fourth game. I don't see them dropping four in a row, um, and I think they take take the victory over the Bandits in this one. And then following that, at 3 p.m., we have the Roughnecks traveling to Toronto to take on the Rock. Uh, big game for both teams, you know, big game for the Rock to really main remain at top of this North Division and big game for the Roughnecks for the reasons we mentioned earlier that they're sitting at the bottom uh, of the West 
right just above the Vancouver Warriors, and they're in need of a, a victory, a crucial victory. So who do you like in this one, Adam? You know, I think I see the Roughnecks getting back to 500 uh, despite playing a really tough rock squad. Uh, I think Christian Del Bianco has a big game in net. Dane uh, has a big game on the offensive side of the ball, uh, and everyone else fills in to their spots. Roughnecks win. All right. I really want to take the Roughnecks because of, you know, their performance last weekend. Again, I, you know, I, I... I think they're still a really good team, and we know how they catch fire late in the season. But I don't know this rock team. This rock team knows how to win games. You know, they they the ones that locked off the Thunderbirds. Uh, you know, they beat the Rush last week. Like they've been playing some solid teams and getting victories out of it. Um, and they've been close games, but they pulled out the victory. So I think this team just knows how to how to win, and I, I think they're going to get a, a really close victory against the Roughnecks in this one. And then their second game of the week, and then the second game of the week for both these teams, the Wings are traveling to Georgia to take on the Swarm. Uh, tough back-to-back for them. Adam, who do you like in this one? You know, I think this is going to be a tough one to travel all the way to Georgia uh, to take on the Swarm squad, who's been playing fairly well um, thus far. I think Mike Pullen has been playing really well in cage for the Swarm squad, and I think uh, the Wings. This Wings team might have a little bit too tired of the legs going on a back-to-back, um, and I on a back-to-back. Uh, so I'll take the Swarm in Georgia for this one. All right, it's tough for me to think that the Wings would drop four games in a row, but I am going to take the Swarm because of what you mentioned. The travel is just, I think, going to be too much. It's tough. It's it's tough to play a game Saturday during the day and then turn around, you know, get on a flight uh, down to, you know, all the way down south to Georgia and take on, you know, the Swarm team. So I just think, you know, that's going to be a detriment to the Wings, and I, I think Georgia's going to pull out the victory in this one. And then the final game of the weekend, we have the Nighthawks traveling to the Mammoth. Adam, who do you like in the? Adam, who do you like in this matchup? Yeah, based off what I said earlier, I think. Uh, the Nighthawks winning streak ends at two games. I think the Mammoth pulled this one out at home. Uh, they've been playing pretty well uh, other than that fourth quarter against the Wings this past weekend, and they still pulled out the victory. So I think the Mammoth get over the hump and get to 7-6. and six. All right. I really wanted to pick the Nighthawks to play spoiler in this one, um, but I just... Couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Um, I think the Mammoth are going to get a really close win. I just think the Mammoth still are struggling to put full games together. We kind of saw it in this last game against uh, against the Wings. So um, I don't think it's a gimme playing the Nighthawks, but I do think they get the victory in a really high-scoring affair. Um, I think what you'll see is they're going to pepper uh, Dylan Ward a little bit more than he probably should. I think the defense is going to let him down a little bit, but then... In the end, in the fourth quarter, he's going to come up with some clutch saves and give the Colorado Mammoth a victory. So those are our game picks this weekend. Again, another full slate of NLL games we're looking forward to. Uh, we also want to tease, though, some past interviews that we had this past week. We had interviews with Taryn and Taylor Van Thoff, uh that's currently up, as well as our interview with head coach of the Philadelphia Barrage, Spencer Ford, who you got to talk to, Adam. Um, so definitely check out those interviews. Uh, we've had a good mix of guests recently. You know, we had Pat Harbison from the PLL last week. Uh, we had, you know, Taryn and Taylor Van Thaw from the WPLL. Then we had an MLL head coach. 
Uh, and then we have an NLL and PLL player in Kieran McCardle coming up on Monday. Uh, so we're going to talk to him about what it's like being drafted by two expansion teams in a span of six months, you know, being the Riptide and the Water Dogs. So definitely check out that interview. I'll make sure you guys subscribe so you don't miss it. Um, but with that being said, Adam, it's time to go to overtime. What are you looking forward to most this weekend? Yeah, I think I'm going to be able to sit back and, and watch a, a lot of these week, week 15 uh, matchups that are that are going to be uh, big for, for this, uh, these NLL squads. I'm really excited to, to dive into uh, this weekend in NLL action. All right, I'm going uh, to Pinnell Watch. We just had Dan on the podcast, and he has reported that Rob is joining the PLL. That is the general consensus, but I still need official confirmation. I still need Rob Pinnell to tweet out, I'm going to the PLL before I can cross the T's and dot my I's with everything um, and declare him the number one overall pick with the Water Dogs. Um, But he is what I'm looking forward to most this weekend. Hopefully we'll hear some news on you know, which league he is going with. Again, we ex- heavily expect it to be the PLL, but I'm just looking forward to the news when it comes out officially. Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to the most this weekend. But with that, that wraps up episode 70. Thank you guys for listening. Again, please subscribe. Consider leaving us a review. Uh, we hope you tune in next time to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Stitcher Premium. You can use Stitcher Premium to listen to shows ad-free such as Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, Wolverine the Lost Trail, or our favorite, The Fantasy Footballers. For only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, and comedy albums. Better yet, if you go over to stitcher.com premium and use the promo code lacrosse today, you can get one month free. So head on over to Stitcher, sign up, and get your free trial today.